All right, everyone, thanks for joining me today. I was going to talk about certain substances that are used in rituals by many different people, by uh, people practicing the occult, people seeking visions, and people just wanting to trip, I guess. But anyways, um, someone that I know was uh, telling me that maybe it's not a good idea that I mention these things. And I, I thought about it. At first, I thought, well, I don't think that it's going to do any damage to anyone by knowing certain things. But the more I thought about it, I um, decided that I would discuss that later when I can have the ability to get callers so that people can actually call me during the show and we can discuss these things so that it may be better to postpone that discussion. I do want to, without mentioning, I mean, we all know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that I'm not um, putting anything out there that you don't already know when I mention things like mushrooms and peyote and even LSD. You know, people would call it acid. They would say, oh, they're going to drop some acid and then they're going to hallucinate and they're going to, you know, they can have a good trip or a bad trip, whatever. This was like before my time. This was back in the 60s. And then I do know that people you used to still um, eat acid even into the 80s. And maybe some of them still do. I don't know. And, and I don't understand the attraction. But then again, it's not my thing. So I, I haven't ever really studied that. So anyways, um, with all that out of the way, I do want to say that when I was really young and we would go to LA, like the downtown area and stuff, I remember seeing people walking down the street. You know, there have always been the disenfranchised people. This is not anything new. There has, have always been people who don't have homes in Los Angeles. It's just that now there are many more. There weren't the tents and the tent cities and this and that back then, back in the 70s and and early 80s and stuff. But they did have a section of LA and they, it was called Skid Row. And that's where these people would hang out. And we would have to go through there to get to certain places. And I remember seeing people, and even this is even uh, just downtown LA, where we would go shopping and stuff. And there would be people out there walking around wearing these signs. It was called a sandwich board because you would have a sign on the front of you and on the back. It was like two pieces of I don't know, big, huge pieces of paper or some kind of wood. And 
then it would be on straps. So it would be on the front of you on the back. And they would be out there looking like they were talking to people. They would be yelling and pointing and talking to people and talking to the sky and things like this. And then a lot of those boards would say things like, the end is near and repent and things like this. I I never understood what was going on. I thought that those people were just crazy until one day. And, and it seems like all of these things came to me when I was very young. And I'm, I'm not saying that I'm the smartest individual, but it seems that when I was very young, I still realized that maybe these people are not crazy. Maybe they're not nuts. Maybe they are just talking to things that we cannot see. And I'm not saying this for all of them. I know that there are some out there people. And maybe some of them even uh, were just, you know, um, they their minds had been almost destroyed because of drug use. I I do know that back in the 60s and 70s and such, the LSD use was rampant. I know that it was like really, really popular. So maybe some of those people were from that era. Maybe some of those people were damaged because of that drug use. And that's why they were still like on their trip. But then some people... I just had this feeling like just because we can't see who they're talking to doesn't mean that something's not there. And I still feel that way. I still feel sometimes when you see these people and this is the funny thing because I am acquainted with some of these people and they have long like hours of lucidity where they're just regular, normal, carry a conversation, speaking to you just like your everyday person, but all of a sudden, there'll be like a trigger, and they'll say like, what, did you see that? And then they'll start saying things like, oh, there he is again. I told him not to be following me. Look, would you stop following me? So they're talking to someone Who's not there? I mean, I can't see who's who they're talking to. But yet they're saying things like that. Will you stop following me? I told you that I'm not going to give you whatever, you know, I'm just making things up. Like I'm, But they're holding a conversation right in front of me with somebody who I cannot see. But I'm figuring just because I can't see them doesn't mean that there's nothing there. And I, I don't know how we could ever prove that. I know some people have taken pictures. I know some people have made videos of people who are discussing things with an invisible being. And in a few of the pictures, there have actually been like a, a figure, like an outline of a figure in some of the pictures. 
in the videos, sometimes you'll see like a blur of something. So I do believe that in some of these cases, there is really something there. We just can't, I mean, in, in this day of eight and age when there's so much coming out and where society has experienced so much already and so many things, you've got people who call themselves experiencers. That usually means that these people have been like um, taken up in UFOs or have had communications with aliens and things like this. To me, an experiencer is anyone who has had any type of mysterious experience or like paranormal, anything like that. But with so many strange encounters reported, so many strange sightings, people hearing strange things, it's almost impossible for me to just say all of these people who are speaking to invisible entities are just nuts. I, knowing the things that I know now with some of the experiences that I have personally had, I cannot say that comfortably because I would be lying. I don't think that all of those people are just out of their mind. And some of the experiences that I've had, I have really, um, I haven't told a whole lot of people because still, even though we are in the 21st century, we do know that there's all kind of strange going on. Still, there are some things that it's difficult to tell others. So one of the reasons is because there's still... You know, there's still that, oh, I, they may ridicule me. They may think I'm, that I'm making it up or that I'm, I want attention, whatever the case may be, or that I'm just out of my mind. I have said certain things, just a few certain things around certain people that I'm acquainted with, and then I saw them, like, look at each other just you know, quickly, like, lift each other, like, oh, okay. So then I know when to not say any more and not go any further. I don't know why these things happen to certain people, even in families. I get so many people asking me, well, my sister has had all these experiences and my brother my grandmother, but I've never experienced anything and so on. Well, I don't know why that is. And I don't think that anyone should feel left out necessarily because maybe it's just uh, that you are not as open to certain things, even though we feel that we are. Maybe we're not. Maybe we're hesitant. If I did not have all these experiences, I would not be chasing after them. The only reason that I talk about it and that I like to get other people's stories are because of my experiences. And I know I've mentioned this before. 
I want to, because I, I do write them down and I look for similarities, not only between other people and my experience, but just other people's, you know, that's what I look for a lot. Because then with similarities, certain stories, oh, just like the one from a couple of days ago about the people getting scratched up and stuff like that. Well, that's what I look for. And then I look for more. Because then there seems to be, okay, there is some sort of whatever you want to call it, an entity. Uh, I wouldn't call it a ghost. I would, even though a ghost is like an umbrella term for spirits, whatever you want to call them. But that's what I do look for. Just like, okay, I'll tell you a story and then I'll go on to explain and just dissect it a little bit. Tell you what I think about it, what I believe, what I feel, and get some feedback from other people. You know, let's let's take a look at this. What could this be? Where could we be going with this? Then we've got people who they may have one experience in their entire life and nothing ever again. I know a few people who have had this. And the the experiences that they have had have actually been pretty intense. Like, man, after that, I'm surprised that nothing else ever happened. And they're like, nope, that was the only thing that that ever happened to me. The one and only experience. So I, I... Sometimes, you know, I that's why I just, okay, you may have had one, but maybe someone else I'll run into one of these days had an experience just like yours. Then I look for patterns. And there are so many stories out there that nowadays they say, oh, well, that story was debunked and that was really this and that. One of them is the story of Spring Hill Jack. Spring Hill Jack caught my attention probably about, oh, I don't know. I was probably about 15 years old when I heard about this. That's something that to me is very mysterious and it's kind of like, you know, uh, has a little creepiness to it. But now recently they say, oh, it's been debunked. It was just a hoax. Well, I don't know about that. Maybe it was a hoax. But it happened so long ago. Anyone who was there, who participated, or who knew about it, or experienced it, how are they going to come forward and say, oh yeah, you know what, it was like the guys down the street or whatever. How do we know? If you want to look and read about Spring Hill Jack, it's pretty interesting. The other one is, there's this... uh, I guess it's a book. And, you know, um, President Trump now, his son, his youngest son's name is Barron. And there is a book called Barron's Mysterious Adventure or The Adventures of Barron or something like this. So what it is, it's this um, privileged boy and it's about his experiences. And it really parallels with Baron Trump. So the big thing about this book, they're 
trying to say, or some of the talk about this book is that, oh, we think that it may be that uh, Donald Trump or Barron, one of them or both, are time travelers. Yeah, you, um, you may be rolling your eyes about that, but if you just look into it for yourself, read a little bit about it. I read a little bit about it, but it was, I didn't want to like delve into the whole thing. But you can gather, you know, the story from just reading a little bit or, you know, read the synopsis about this whole thing. See what you think about it. Even though, I mean, I haven't looked into it enough to really form a, an opinion, an unbiased one at that, but I, I have to think to myself, well, I've seen Stranger. Who knows? It could be true. Who really knows? I remember a long time ago, somebody talking about something as simple as light. Okay, like when you turn the light bulb on, things like this. And the big talk was, well, when you turn that light bulb off, where does the light go? I just laughed. I thought it was a silly question. Well, you turn it off. The light goes off. It, it goes out. It's nowhere. It's lights out. And somebody said, well, the light goes into the walls. Okay, now we're getting a little bit too out of the box here, and I realize this. And I'm not saying that you guys don't understand where this is going or this and that, but when I say too far out of the box, it's because then I, I would have to go into a big, huge detail about all this, and I there's no time on this particular broadcast to be able to do something like that. I'm just putting like an array of different things in front of you. And if you are interested in one or all of them, you can read about it and look into it for yourself. And I do think about it once in a while, okay? Well, I guess the light does have to go somewhere. Where does it go? Into the walls, that's kind of a stretch for me. I would have to say that it travels because, you know, when they talk about the speed of light, so it must travel maybe through space, just like sound, okay? I'm talking right now. We listen to music. Uh, we watch TV. There are noises all over the place. Where does the sound go? It has to go somewhere, right? It doesn't dissipate. It continues. I heard a story, this is a long time ago, and I don't know how true it is, but I, it's, it sounds believable to me that I don't know what astronauts they were talking about. But they said that when astronauts were out in space, they heard music. They heard music in space. Well, that makes perfect sense because it doesn't go away. It travels on. So, all right, that doesn't sound mysterious to me. That makes perfect sense to me. 
So what about light? Now you got things that travel at the speed of sound. You got things that travel at the speed of light. So that means that it is a possibility that light could continue traveling upward. These are just things that they're a bit mysterious. They're not of the creepy genre, but they're mysterious nevertheless. And maybe a little bit kind of like science, you know, based, science-based stuff. And I do think about these once in a while. Mysterious doesn't always have to mean spooky, scary, creepy. It can Mysterious can also be kind of good. Like the mystery of Marilyn Monroe, her her crypt, her vault where where she is interned. After she passed away, every year I'm not sure if it was her birthday or the day that she died, but every year someone went and put a rose right there in that little flower holder once a year. And I believe it would be the same color rose. I I want to say it's red, but I'm not 100% sure. The talk at the time was that it was her ex-husband, Joe DiMaggio, that he was the one who would go there and do this. Well, Joe DiMaggio passed away a long time ago, but the flower continues to this day. So that's not a bad mystery. It's a, it's kind of like a, um, a wonder, like I wonder, you know, it's not a happy mystery, not a bad mystery. It's just makes you wonder, hmm, who could be doing that? Could he have hired someone to continue doing this? Could it be in his estate or his will that this could have continued? Possibility. I don't, I have a hard time believing that one. And the reason for that is because this was so long ago now. Anyone that could be named in his will, I'm pretty sure, is is deceased nowadays. Unless someone just decided to continue doing this. But as the years go by, I I don't understand how this could actually continue. And then if you had people who are fans, okay, because Marilyn Monroe still has fans. She still has a fan club. There would be more than one flower in that little in that little flower holder. There would be all kinds of whatever color roses are in there, as well as probably on the ground. People would just have to leave them there. So who is leaving those? I believe she passed away in 1962. That was ages ago. I'm not sure when Joe DiMaggio passed away, probably in the 70s, but it's been a while. All of these, all of these uh, things, and that's not the only one. There are plenty of 
those uh, type of mysteries like that when it comes to celebrities who have passed away. I read about Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison was the lead singer of The Doors who passed away like in 1970 or something like that. And now I don't know how this happens, okay? But the the plot that he is buried in, in France, is leased. So I guess at some point, the lease is going to be up. I don't know if it's already up. And maybe they have moved him elsewhere. But the talk was that the lease was going to be up. I'm not sure in what year. And I'm thinking, how do you lease a grave? You lease that for like, what, 25 years? And oh, okay, 25 years done. And we're going to dig you up and uh, do what? Do what with you? That to me is kind of creepy as well as sacrilegious because if he is like evicted, are they going to put somebody else there? That is just, that's just really, really bad. That is so bad. I can't think of a a word for it. But these things are all true. See, it sounds like what... This has got to be something, you know, just a, a fake news or something from the international, the inquirer. No, this is all real stuff, guys. The reason that we probably don't know a lot about it is because it's happened so long ago. Just like, okay, let's get into a little bit of theory. People hanging themselves from doorknobs. How? How do you hang yourself from doorknob? I I guess it's possible if you put a rope around your neck and the other part on the door and just pitch forward. But I think it would really, someone else would have to be involved. How are you able to do this? But there are a lot of celebrities who have supposedly hanged themselves on the doorknob. I remember Michael Hutchins, okay? Michael Hutchins was the lead singer of In Excess. They were like this popular 80s band from Australia. And I remember when he died, they said that he committed suicide. Well, that, you know, how? There are a lot of different ways you can commit suicide. They said he hung himself. They didn't go into detail. They just said he hung himself. And then they said it looked like an accidental suicide because they said it looked like he was into autoerotica. Well, I pictured him hanging like from something else, not a doorknob, until later on, come to find out, oh, he hung himself from a doorknob. David Carradine hung himself from a doorknob. Kate Spade hung herself from a doorknob. Robin Williams hung himself from a doorknob. 
Chris Cornell hung himself from Moderna. I mean, the list just goes on and on. And the there has to be a common denominator here. There has to be. Because this is just, for one thing, it's too much. There are too many. Because that little list didn't even touch the, the amount of celebrities who have supposedly done this. It's not difficult to find. You can find the list so easily. And you're going to be amazed. And you are going to start thinking, it's just the way I am. Hmm, you know what? I think something's rotten in Wisconsin. Yes, that just doesn't, mm, no, just doesn't fly right. So there are a lot of mysteries without being paranormal or spooky or anything like that. So I really don't have a whole lot to talk about today because I was taken off of my path I was on to discuss uh, some of these other type of substances. And um, I will do that at a later date. I'm really trying to get a broadcast so that I can have callers so that you guys can call in and we can talk. You can share your stories and so on. Because that's the best way. I, I read the emails and people who submit stories. But I think that you guys being able to come on and talk with me would be, would be much better. Anyways, um, I know that this is a long weekend and I hope that you guys have fun and stay safe. And I will, oh, I don't know when I'm going to be able to be back. It's probably not going to be for a week. I'll try to get back before that. But as of right now, it's not looking like I'd be able to get back until next Friday. So if I can't come back on, I will do that before, but it may be a little bit. Okay, so anyways, have a great Memorial Weekend, everyone, and I will be talking to you at least by next Friday, okay? June, it'll already be June, getting closer to summer. All right, everybody, ciao.